0: Hello and welcome to the Spoonie Authors podcast, a podcast where we explore the life and stories of disabled authors. I'm your host, Diana Gunn, and joining us today is Lila Tuala. Lila Tuala is a Filipino American poet and author. Lila's books include a YA contemporary romance called Letters to Lenora and a memoir slash poetry collection called Storm of Hope, God, Preeclampsia, Depression, and Me. Her poetry is featured in several mental health anthologies, and she is currently working on a poetry collection based on Asian American stereotypes and identities. Before we get into the interview, I also do want to make a quick content note that this episode will mention topics of depression, anxiety about death during childbirth, and managing stress with food. If these are difficult subjects for you, please go on and enjoy one of our other episodes. There's lots to choose from. Hello Lila! Hello, thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining me. I'm really excited to chat with you and I would love to start by learning more about your recent novella, Letters to Lenora.
1: Um. Yeah, sure. So in my novella, Um, it's about this 18-year-old Lenora. She receives a box of letters and mementos that her mom had gifted her before she had died. So she gets it on her 18th birthday. Um, And in it, she finds these three letters that her mom had written. Um, One is called the one about faith, the one about love, and the one about forgiveness. And as she's reading these, she's finding out more about who her mom was because her mom passed away when she was really young. Um, And what choices her mom had to make, I guess, in order to... Um, be who she was at that time in her life and it's just she's on this cusp right of going to college and being a new person and figure out who she is and then she gets these these letters that's not necessarily godsend but it's like wow (laughs) here's a story of my mom that i didn't know
0: that's beautiful i uh i actually lost my dad when i was 12 and no. I gotta say, if I had received a box like that when I turned eighteen, it would have meant a lot to me.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> not to weigh anything down or anything, but I was just getting kind of teary-eyed listening to that. Like, oh, no. okay. that—that's beautiful. That would have been beautiful. Uh, so what inspired you to write this project? <laughs>
1: so, um, so actually, um, I was in a really bad place. I had preeclampsia and then I had depression during my right after my second child was born um actually let's let's back up um it was so I had a really bad first pregnancy and my daughter came out early um she had um she had to stay in the NICU for a few weeks um and that really messed me up (laughs) um really badly (laughs) I bet um, so the first year of her life, I, I, I was just going on adrenaline and I didn't really process what was happening to me emotionally and mentally. Um, and then when, when I found out I was pregnant, my first thought, I and mean, I know it's going to sound so awful, but my first thought was, I'm just going to die. I don't know what, I, I'm not going to go back to her. Like, this is it. The first pregnancy, for some reason I was spared, but like, I'm not coming out of this alive. So I, um. I thought, well, she's only four. Um, what would I, what, what would I give? You know, leave behind. I guess is what I was thinking in that moment. So I wrote goodbye letters, and I, I know that's awful. Um, so that was a little bit of a very sad <laughs> and and you know twist to that that I, I did. Um, it was I was in a really bad place, and I thought if I left um, for whatever reason, I want her to know how much. Um, I loved her and so I wrote you know the three letters aren't the ones that I wrote my daughter obviously but there were just a few things that I wanted to leave her like you know stay strong in who you are as a person if you want to be faithful like this is it like there's no blueprint to anything or guidebook to anything Um, and then this is how your mom and dad fell in love Um, and then for everything make sure you're the first one to not quick to judge and forgive, but like, you know, take a step back. Maybe the other person isn't, um, what is that? Well, I guess give person, give the other person grace and give yourself grace that maybe they're also doing something hard and difficult and that's why they lashed out. So it's a little bit about forgiveness, but also like, let's just pause and let's take a step back about this situation. So those were the three letters that inspired me to write, but again, it, I mean, that would be kind of
0: morbid to re-
1: include the letters I wrote to my daughter um, in this no- uh, novella. But
0: I yeah. mean, you say that it's awful, but it sounds like a, a beautiful way of coping to me. It's certainly a lot less harmful than a lot of other ways people cope with mental health oh. stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been smoking cigarettes on and off for over a decade, so, like, you're doing better than I am.
1: Well, I am a stress baker and a
0: stress eater, so oh. that is my
1: coping skill. So I'm like, okay, like, I you know. I, I, I really feel don't like know. that's
0: really common among my Filipino friends. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's just my friends or if no. this is a larger trend within Filipino culture, because, like, yeah, yeah I'm why? working with a small sample size here, but I'm noticing <laughs> a trend.
1: No cuz I we don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about, "Oh, are you okay?" So everything is related to food. I uh, think. Yeah.
0: You don't talk about it. It's just everyone knows by the amount of cooking that's going through your house.
1: Yeah, exactly. And disappearing things. <laughs> <laughs> like food, you know. Food wise. It's okay.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really scary and powerful experience. So, how long was it between that and when you actually started working on this book?
1: Um, about two and a half years, almost three. So yeah, it was it was a while. I had, uh, but thankfully, I was able to seek help. I was able to talk about it, and it wasn't as um, painful. Right? I mean, I was still. I was still crying through, <laughs> through the writing process, but it wasn't as, um, it wasn't that difficult. Cause in this story, it's Lenora's point of view, right? It's not the mom's point of view. Like she, it's a little bit of what she leaves behind, but to me, it was more, I was focusing on, okay, Lenora was okay. Um, and how grateful she was. Um, like you had mentioned that, like how grateful you would have been if your, your dad had left you letters. So I focused St- like strictly on that like um, yeah, the mom passed away, and but here is what the lessons that she used trying to to give you, you know, um, and that she never truly left you, um that she was always there, it's just more of so in the background, so that was kind of <laughs> I was trying to do it that way instead of like more bleak, I guess, because I didn't want it to be bleak, that makes sense. <laughs> You know, it could have been, it could have been bad, but yeah, I think two and a half years, um, outside of that experience helped. Um, but it also didn't cause you're still remembering and unpacking all of that at the same time. But, um, it was cathartic. Definitely for me, it was just, it was hard. And I didn't keep those letters cause I don't know what would I, cause I wrote them in that mindset. um, And I don't know what I would do if my daughter sees that or if my son sees that because, you know, I wrote it in the middle of his pregnancy. and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to keep these around the house. Um, But, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so was it was the emotional stuff the hardest part of writing this Mm -hmm. book or did you find something else about it challenging? I know you usually write poetry, so I guess a novella was probably a lot to take on.
1: Um. Yes and no. Um. So I've actually written a YA romance before, <laughs> like in college, and then the poetry. I wrote that because it was easier. It was uh, a therapist had suggested. Well, if you can't come to me and talk to me about it, just write it down and see what happens. So the poetry came through like that, and then writing out the novella. Um. I think it was just kind of. It was hard in a sense having to actually because I hadn't world you know built a world in such a long time it'd been like a decade so I think that was a little challenging and then having to figure out okay well I have my beginning middle and end but like (laughs) how do I what are words (laughs) so it was hard to it was hard to put them together it took a while definitely but I am also an outliner um, so I outlined what I wanted to say and what I wanted her Lenora to do and um, how she would feel in these moments, um, and I just try to, you know, I think the hardest part though is, is just like emotionally bringing myself back to that place and then trying not to get sucked into that and then knowing that okay it's just a book I can walk away and then we'll try again tomorrow when you're having a better. Uh, mental day, that yeah. makes sense.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it makes sense. Like this, it was just hard. <laughs> you you are wording all right. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, along with this book, you also write a lot of poetry, and you do a lot of advocacy work for specifically maternal mental health. And how do you balance all of these with taking care of your own health? And I'm guessing you probably still have kids at home. Yes. Um,
1: five and nine. So a lot of the times it helps me, the more I talk about it, the less, um, intense it is. Um, so I continuously try to have talk about it, but not so much that I'm back in that same mindset. Um, but we, I do talk to my daughter about, um, advocating for herself and for her advocates and, you know, for her mental health. So if we all like me and her, if we have a, um, a really bad day it's like for her at school or for I'm feeling really anxious and overwhelmed I let her know mommy just does not feel good right now I'm gonna go in the closet or in the shower leave me on for a few minutes and I'll be I'll be okay but it you know I'm always letting her know it's okay that you're not feeling like yourself today you'll be okay so she actually um, she's told me that she feels anxious and um, she'll go in the closet and she'll find ways to kind of calm down. she draws little comic books and um, she talks about it at school with her, count- her school counselor. So um, I think that's the legacy I know I want to leave behind that, you know, all of our mental health like that is included in our entire package. Like, we, you know, try to teach you, not teach you, but we try to figure out how to fix you physically and I may not fix you mentally but I will try my best to you know bandage you up or figure out what's wrong and if we can't fix it that's fine we can just talk about it and leave it out in the open because I think a lot of parents too I know like Filipinos again (laughs) I didn't grow up talking about it we ate our way through it (laughs) but it was just if something is wrong you tell me and there's no judgment and there's a safe you know, home is our safe space. So, um, I'm always trying to cogni I'm always cognizant of the fact that we can talk about it. Um, and if we're having a bad day, it's okay. It'll be better tomorrow, but today we'll just take that day. We'll stress big and we'll stress eat. It's probably not the best coping skills <laughs> I'm leaving her, but,
0: um, uh, I think that, really just making space for it and being honest about it goes a long way with mental health. And I think that, you know, a lot of us would have really appreciated having more of that approach when we were young. Uh, Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Me too. (laughs) Like, wow, I did not do this correct. Or, you know, but my, our parents didn't know. And I think now it's, we're more aware of it and we're, uh, we're seeing it and like, I think if we had talked about it when we were all younger, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, you <laughs> know, changed. I don't know. I just don't want, I just want her and my kid, I just want both of them um, to like know that like, there is help. It's okay as far as the mental health. So anyway, so that's my advocacy. Um, <laughs> um, the more I talk about like maternal mental health and um can advocating for for your um, health, whatever that looks like. I hope my kids see that. And when they get older, they can tell the doctor, No, this is not right. I feel like this. So you need to tell me like how to fix it, or I'm gonna go find somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to know that you don't have to stick with one doctor or one person's opinion, like, go seek the help, you're gonna need it, if you need that.
0: Yeah, and you know, sometimes you will have to search a little harder, especially if you You're need right. some kind of specialized help, but there is help exactly. out there. Exactly. I feel like you kind of danced around the actual question about how you actually, <laughs> like, balance things. Balance it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Listen, <laughs> Diana. <laughs>
1: um, I said, oh yeah, how do I balance? I write a lot and I try not to stress <laughs> me. Um, I walk and I talk it out. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I hope you rest in there somewhere, too.
1: I do. I do. We do a lot of resting.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm going to have a lazy
1: day. Just, you know, it's okay. We call it lazy days at the house. We're like, I just don't feel like going and being touched and seeing people and putting on a fake smile. Like, let's just have a lazy day. And that's perfectly okay.
0: I love that. I feel like there are a lot of people in, like, the disabled space and the mental health space that are trying to say that, like, lazy isn't a real thing. It's just an ableist thing. But I find lazy as a word very helpful. Like, when my disability is stopping me from doing a thing, that's not a lazy day. That's, like, a day of executive dysfunction or a day of pain. But a lazy day is a day when I choose. I wake up and I'm just like, nah. Nah. No, I'm staying Not in today. bed today. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. You're exactly. Resting. We need that. Uh, my, what is that? My son. Um, he calls it uh, regenerating. I don't know that's a big word for a five-year-old. He says, "I'm regenerating."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's real proud like, of that word too. At five.
1: He's so proud of that. I'm just like, all right, buddy, you do you, man. <laughs>
0: So what advice would you give to other disabled folks who want to get into writing and who may be balancing it with a lot of health and other stuff?
1: Um, I definitely think I started out small, so it wasn't the intent wasn't let's sit down and write a novel, right? <laughs> it was or a novella. It was like, I'm just going to write a word. That word turns into two words. Hey, look, I wrote a sentence. So I think um, doing it in phases and not necessarily thinking, what is this going to be? Um, but I have tons of journals with half of it is unwritten and the other pages have scribbles and random
0: you, things Even a it? real writer if you don't have a bunch of half-empty journals.
1: Right. <laughs> that has to be a requirement. Um, but, yeah, I just think just taking it, um, just one little thing. It doesn't have to be this big concept. It, like, as long as you just sit down and write or storyboard or draw or, you know, something, I think that would definitely um, – it starts out that way, right? It always starts out small. Um, and that's I don't know, that's the only advice I've got cuz <laughs> that's that's what my therapist had told me just write one thing at a time it can even be as simple as here's a freaking to-do list and let me check it off <laughs> uh, and somewhere along there there's poetry because you're writing a to-do list or whatever is in your purse um, I did a lot of prompts that way I'm like oh, okay I'm gonna write what's in my purse and I got heavy as I kept writing I was like oh wow I'm carrying a lot of emotional and mental baggage in my purse <laughs> you know what I mean but um, yeah just something as simple as that <laughs> helped out a lot it- it definitely gets some creative juices flowing, but, yeah, you know, whatever. Just don't sit down. You can take a walk. I dictate, I mean, not dictate, I uh, record things a lot, too. But uh, I think we talked earlier about our voices. Um, sometimes I don't listen to it, and I just put it on my uh, notes in my phone because I just, I don't like the sound of my voice. <laughs> um, but, yeah.
0: I relate to that. <laughs> some days I just, I can't. Most days I I like my voice, but some days I'm just like, wait, is that what I really sound like to other people? That's not what I sound like to me.
1: (laughs) I like your voice. You have a beautiful voice. Reminds me of like an older, like when I was younger, I had a friend whose voice sounded just like that. Now I'm like wondering if she was Canadian because I'm like, she has that. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways. (laughs)
0: I have a very good reading voice, That that's the thing, yeah. So I have a really good, like, reading tone. I remember I did a video project in high school, and uh, one of my teachers made a joke that I should become one of those, like, documentary narrators for National Geographic. Just saying, if anyone from National Geographic is <laughs> listening, like, hit me up, I would actually love to do that. I can see
1: that, I can hear that, I can hear that. <laughs> that's awesome
0: 10 out of 10 would do uh it sounds like a lot of work to try and like eke my way in there though so unless one of them is listening to this podcast that's probably not gonna happen (laughs) no all right so we have reached the end of our questions so what are you working on next and where can listeners go to find out more about it
1: um, I am finishing up on a, a chapbook called PMDD and Me. So um, I also have premenstrual dysmorphic disorder.
0: Lovely. What um, fun! So, <laughs> I know so much fun. Uteruses—they're um, just the the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Oh no! Right, take it back, please. Um, so that one, I, I'm shopping for a home for it. But I wrote it. Um, so with PMDD, you have like you're really hide like great days and then write um the week before my period it gets really heavy and dark and i i tend to spiral and get angry um and then with my period coming, <laughs> i'm like so happy oh i feel great now i can start writing or i can do something so um i actually wrote like um within two menstrual cycles to see how my emotions were so some of it got really heavy and some of it were really you know light so um that is finished. I'm just looking for a home. And then another one. Um, I would like to revisit some of the trauma that this mama has had. <laughs> um, so I haven't started yet. But I already know my title is going to be like that play on that mama mama book. It's going to be mama mama and her all of her traumas. I've already <laughs> got that figured out. I, I love still- it. I know, right? I was like, oh, this is a great title! What do I put in
0: it? Yeah, that happens sometimes. I've got a couple of titles just lurking in, right? in my the back of my mind waiting for the perfect story. Yeah, so
1: hopefully that's gonna come soon. Yeah. <laughs> but if anybody listening hears that title and they want to write something about it, go for it, man. I You're probably finished before I do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, and there are lots of mamas out there with lots of traumas, so
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> there are many stories <laughs> to be told here. There are
1: many stories. <laughs>
0: All right, but where can people actually go to find you? Um they can go on
1: my website, lilatuala.com, dot com. So L E I L A T U A L L A dot com. I'm also on Twitter, same handle, um and I guess, Facebook and Instagram, but it's whatever. (laughs) I've been finding myself more on Twitter lately. (laughs) Um, But yeah, usually I'll pay a visit to Instagram and Facebook.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spoonie Authors podcast. This podcast is part of the Spoonie Authors Network, an initiative dedicated to building community among disabled creatives. Join the community by participating in the Spoonie Authors chat on Twitter at 1 p.m. EST every Sunday just search for the hashtag spoonyauthchat that is #spoonyauthchat we look forward to meeting you